In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. And I am thrilled to have Kristen Goodman on the podcast today. Kristen is a certified life coach who focuses on helping parents connect with their teens. She's the host of Parenting in the Middle, which is a podcast, and facilitates coaching groups and speaking events several times a year. Kristen and her husband live in Mesa, Arizona. Oh, Warm sunshine. Yes, it's great to be in Mesa at this time of year. (laughs) Seriously. And they are the parents of four daughters, which is the complete opposite of me. I'm the mom of four sons. So we have like totally opposite lives. When Kristen isn't coaching, she loves spending time with her family at the lake and at high school sporting events. This year, she learned to wake surf and got over her fear of boating. She loves teenagers and gets energized for their love of life and having fun. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Doing Good. Yes, I'm so excited to talk to you today, Carmen. This I am going to be fun. I'm so excited too. And I'm just going to go ahead and take advantage of you today and ask all my parenting questions about everything I feel like I've done wrong. <laughs> How are we all though, right? I'm like asking for a friend. What was <laughs> So true. But I would love to ask you, first of all, tell me how you got involved with it in, in life coaching and with your podcast, Parenting in the Middle. Yeah. So 2011, I remember it super clearly. There was this day in November where I just felt like we have so much potential within us, right? Like we learn even as members of the church, how much potential we have within us. And it was kind of this aha moment because before this, I had been feeling super overwhelmed, like a horrible mom. I could not, I couldn't manage my emotions. I was always like up or down feeling really great about things and then feeling like everything was terrible and going wrong and I was a failure. And so this moment was like a gift, I think, because I was like, okay, we have so much potential and maybe what I'm feeling is not me. Maybe the problem is not me. Maybe it's just something that I need to get outside help for. I'd never thought of that before. And so I was like, well, maybe maybe this is a time to, to go into therapy. Maybe I need to find a therapist. Like this kind of is way before I got certified or any of that. But that's kind of what led me down this path of learning. And I've always loved reading parenting books. That's something that has been really important to me. Self-development, mental health has been very important to me. So I've always been reading and learning about that, but just never was able to apply it. And so when I found coaching and I hired my own coach, and then I decided to get certified in coaching, it was like, a window that I had never seen before where I was like everything I'd learned in these books that I thought, oh, that's such a great idea. And then I would have an experience and be a mess and I just didn't know what to do. It really helped me apply the tools that I would read about and change the thought patterns that I was going down that was making me feel like a failure and then turn them around into something else that really helped me grow as a parent, grow as a person. So that's kind of my story, but parenting has just always been my passion. I have four girls. I loved being a parent and connecting with teenagers. That was always really scary to me, but then learning how to talk to them, it's just so much fun and, and it doesn't have to be scary or, or hard. I mean, it is hard no matter what, but 
It doesn't have to be hard. And then you feel like a failure. That's completely different, you know? So that's a little bit of background on my story. I, I totally agree with you. And it's, it's easy to parent out of fear. And I think that's something that is, I think both parents, like a mom and a dad, they, they both feel that. But I think as women, because we are more sensitive, we internalize everything we've done. And then we worry, we mess them up. We did something wrong. And since typically not all the time, I, we're both working moms and, and, you know, there are certainly roles that are reversed where there's stay at home dads and working moms. But typically since we are home with the kids more, we are parenting them. We have more hours of parenting them during the day. And so it's easy to be like, oh, I'm doing it wrong, you know, or I'm I'm afraid what I'm doing is, is not working. And you and I, and for those that are listening that have unique situations with one gender families, like it is totally different. Like when you have all girls or all boys, there's, it's a different dynamic than if you have multiple gender families with brothers and sisters. And so having all girl energy or all boy energy, it like the feeling in the home is, is different and it's hard. And I've read, I'm the, I'm the same as you. I love reading parenting books and I read everything from like Richard and Linda Ayers, you know, the spiritual patterns to tiger mom to like, you know, the Danish you know, style parenting. Like, I mean, I've like easygoing and, you know, Uh style, like free range kids. I mean, I've, there's so many different parenting styles and how do you know what's best for your kids? Because they contradict each other too. Yeah. Yeah. What works for one child may not work for another child. Like parenting my oldest is very different for parenting my second to the oldest. That kind of taught me how to maybe like give her more lean, be more lenient. I had to be more lenient with her than with my oldest, but then my oldest was very obedient and did things more out of like fear. And my other child didn't have that fear. So it was like, wait a minute, you just listened to me because that's what I said to do. So I feel like all of our kids are always teaching us something different and we have to do what works for each of them. So it can feel hard, but I, with your question, such a good question. I really feel like Knowing what works for you and your personality, and it's funny because both me and my husband, we were raised differently. We have different personality types. He's more of an authoritarian. Like that comes naturally for him. It's more natural for him to fall on that line of you just do what I say and put your head down, get to work and just go. Whereas I'm more of the like more sensitive, soft, like, well, let's talk about it. Let's let's work through it. Like, or I, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if they feel some shame? Like that makes me feel stressed. And then I might parent from that and overcorrect. So it's like the balance of the, of both, I think is really important, but where you fall naturally will help you kind of get to that middle place, which is what I talk about a lot because, you know, there's nothing wrong. There's some good qualities in being an authoritarian, more controlling, you have more structure and there's some good qualities in that. And then there's also good qualities in and being more relaxed and laid back and letting your kids fail and not feeling the stress of that. But there can also be some more difficult things that come from that. If you don't kind of check yourself, like if you go all the way into, it has to be this way, yeah, then it's going to cause conflict. So if we just kind of bring it back to that middle place where there's really no like right or wrong way to parent. So what feels the best for you? 
I love that. And, and I agree completely that each parent has strengths and weaknesses that are both needed in, in parenting it, it, and, and for our single moms and dads out there that are listening, like I fully believe like you, you have what it takes and you have the qualities and we're blessed with your personality traits and, and behaviors and characteristics that your kids need and bonus yeah. they came from you. So they yeah. inherited a lot of what you have and, and, and what your spouse has. And so if it's funny to look at my kids and I'm like, oh my gosh, they are me. And you know, the parents always say, oh, I hope you get one just like yes. you. And then you do and you're like, oh my goodness. But in a way it's also, it's also refreshing. She's like, oh, but I know how I reacted to this situation. So I wish, this is what I wish my parents would have done when I acted like this. So now I can be that for my child and I can parent them the way that I wished and not my parents were amazing, wonderful parents, but, but they had a tendency to end conversations really fast. Like, and because I can debate, let me tell you for hours, ask my husband, like, yeah. we do not, it, we do not. Sounds like a good time. I'm with you. I'm like, let's go to talk about this. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. Don't go to bed mad, stay up and fight. And right. we, that's me. And my parents honestly would reach breaking points and be like, we cannot talk with you any longer. So my mom would say, I love you. I'm going for a drive. And she would be walking out while I was like screaming in the garage. Wait! Like I have to just, and, and, and I remember feeling such anxiety, just feeling like I wasn't able to finish talking, even though I knew maybe nothing would get resolved or we've been talking in circles because then the words would just spin in my head and I couldn't yeah. let it go. I've later found out, Oh, this is maybe a little obsessive compulsive that, that I have to get things out the words in my brain or else it festers. And so I have a son that is just like that. And I will just sit there and let him talk, even though I'm like, Oh my gosh, how many times can we beat this dead horse? But yeah. just knowing that he can say everything he wants to say before I then start to parent or give my advice has been so beneficial. Whereas another child, it's too much. If I keep talking, he shuts down completely and a wall comes up and he's done. Like he, he'll just go numb. So it is so, it's so, tricky sometimes and but so important that we notice like you said what our kids each need and it's you have to like pull out different parts of you like for each of them so yeah. how do you, how do you not get overwhelmed by that like how do you not just say listen i can't be i can't cater to you right now i can't sometimes i'm like no everyone go away i can't do it how do you keep that positive energy and that love to be very individual with each unique child that you have? Yeah, that's a good question. And I like your example because it, it shows and illustrates that it, in those moments, it's not about you, it's about your child and what they need. So just having that awareness and being able to see that helps you not feel like, I think, I think what as parents stresses us out the most is thinking we have to have all the answers. We have to fix it we're responsible for our kids' emotions and we need to say the right thing yes. and we have to fix it. But when you can just kind of let go of, we don't have to fix it. We just need to be there for our kids and support them. And sometimes supporting them is leaving them alone, which is so hard for me because I just want to, I want to fix my kids or like make them feel better. But often that does not work. So instead of feeling like that's what I need to do, I just have to support them and how they're feeling. So sometimes it can just be like, that's really hard. I'm really sorry you're feeling that way. Do you want to talk about it? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. And, and so that helps with the overwhelm because then you don't have to feel like you have to do more than you need to. 
You yes. can only control so much and how you can, con- how you, what you have control over is yourself and your emotions. So if you're in a good space, that will be helpful in helping your kids knowing what they need. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's say that you have a weakness or a fear or something that your has affected the way that you were raised or brought up or the way you're raising your kids. How how do you not parent from that place of fear? Like I I feel like right now it's you know it's like we're all keeping our kids in line, like, Oh, like, you know, a ball starts to roll off and you're like, Oh, come back, come back, come back. And sometimes I feel like this overwhelming sense of it's all up to me. Like if they turn out okay, if they're polite, if they're smart and, and, and to like up until probably a few years ago, honestly, it, it kind of is like when they're little, it's like you determine what they eat, what they wear, where we go, if they do their homework, like it is all up to you and letting a little bit of that go and let them make choices that you're like, that was so stupid. Why did you do that? Or like you're wearing dirty clothes to school. Like people will think you smell bad. We're not a stinky yeah. family. Well, we kind of are. Cause we have four <laughs> boys, but you know, things like that. Yeah. How do you Wanting not- to manage all of it. Yes. That's exhausting. Like what will people think of my kids and what will they think of me as a parent if they do these things? How do you not let that fear overtake you in parenting? I think it's just first having the awareness that you're having that that's coming up for you, noticing that that's coming up for you. You're worried about what other people think and how is that affecting your parenting decisions? How is it affecting the way you're connecting with your kids? Like, is it making you feel really stressed when they're wearing clothes that you wouldn't want them to wear? Because what are people going to think? We can all relate to whatever that feels like. It's just kind of like embarrassing. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be judged. Like, that's not how I am. And it's going to reflect badly on me. Or them. Like you people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We want to just have that control over them. And so I just come back to what is the how can I best connect with my child? That's ultimately my goal. So what's ultimately your goal? Maybe it is having that control, making sure your kids wear that perfect outfit and look the best. Being honest with yourself, is it worth the control that's going to take? Like with four girls, I remember wanting to match them. I wanted them to wear socks and shoes and wear what I wanted them to wear. And they would get to an age where that just didn't work. And it wasn't worth it for me and my sanity to make that happen. Yes. So it is different. Like there's not like one right answer, like where I would say, don't do that. Cause you're going to be too controlling with your kids. Like, like that would be my own judgment of it. But really if, if it's, if it works for you and if you just have to be really honest with yourself, what does it create for you in your life? How is your relationship with your child? And is it worth that to get what you want? And for me, it wasn't, it didn't connect me to my child. It didn't give me more influence over them, which is my number one goal and value is what's going to help me have more influence over them. And I can see the disconnect immediately. If I'm too controlling, that's not going to help me have more influence. And is this going to be important in five years is a question I like. If it's not, then it's not worth it. It's not worth the battle. That's a good perspective to have of what is my relationship going to be like if 
I push this or, or if I let this go, which, what is my relationship? That's a really good way of looking at it because it does. Is it, is it something that I want for me? Or so we're portraying something or is it honestly like you, if like, just, if you want friends, you have to smell good and have clean teeth okay. and wear clothes that fit you, you know, like yeah. notice those. So in five years, yeah, it probably is not, I'm not talking about like the, snazziest brand name stuff. And oh my gosh, teenagers now I look at, I mean, like my son wears Crocs to school, all that, like they're in style. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, yeah. okay. And, and I love that my kids are confident in who they are, but being clean and smelling good, like, okay, you can wear something weird, but if it's clean and you smell good and you're like put together, yes, personal hygiene does matter. <laughs> yes. yes. So it's totally appropriate to talk about that and to yes. expect that. Yes. And, and, and how can, how can I do it in a way that doesn't shame them or make them feel like, ew, mom thinks I'm gross. Like, yeah. I, I love that perspective of. And also being okay, letting that lesson be learned by them being embarrassed at school. Like maybe it's not going to come from you. Maybe it will come from their peers going, saying something and we want to protect them from that, but sometimes you have to let them experience it. Oh, and I didn't realize, Kristen, being a mom, how hard that would be. I know letting my kids experience the hard and and getting left out and people making fun or saying something mean. I mean, I I thought, well, of course, like that's how I learned. That's it, it is hard, but you're stronger because of it. And and but watching someone even being in the car and hearing snickers about your child when you're driving carpool oh my gosh that mama bear in me is like what did you say and yes. it's so yes. hard to to let them learn the hard way but why why is that sometimes beneficial for our kids to learn lessons on their own like that well I and mean, i think it's important to know we all experience it so i'm with you i'm like can we just avoid any type of bullying or feeling left out because that is like, that's a sensitive spot for me. I think even just growing up and sometimes it triggers those times in you when you were a kid where it's like yeah. that comes back and you just don't want your kid to feel how you felt, Yes, but maybe they won't feel how you felt. So their experience isn't yours, but I just think those are just universally hard and everyone experiences it. So kind of, nor it kind of normalizes that it's not your child and it's not I'm like careful how to say this because it's, I want to say like, it's not a bad thing that they're experiencing it, but it's not, it's not nice or kind. So of course yeah. you would have that conversation of that's just not nice or kind. I'm so sorry that you had that happen to you. That's really right, but, but you're going to have to learn how to react when people are unkind. Like how do you retaliate? And that I think is, is a really good lesson too. And like you said, we all go through it where, I mean, I tell my boys, when they come home from school and they're like, so-and-so is mean to me or, and with boys too, it's like, so-and-so punched me. So-and-so went to the principal's office. We got in a fight at recess, you know, I'm like, oh dear. And I'm like, you have to learn conflict resolution through your entire life. And if you okay. serve your mission with a goofy companion who's like, it wakes up, has insomnia and is up all night. And what if you, or, you know, meet someone and they, they call you all these mean names, or what if you work with someone that is just so hard to communicate with, like, these are things you have to learn now and how to react to people that are unkind. Because I'm like, it, it is, it, it lasts your whole life. And I'm 38 
And I'm like, wow, I still have, there are still mean girls in there. There are still mean people that say mean things. And, and, and it's important for our kids to learn, oh, how do I react to them? And I, I told my boys, even this morning, they were talking about someone that they were like, oh, this person's going to be at school. They're always mean. They always say these things. They're negative, negative, negative. And they're true. There is, there are some people they go to school with that are just unkind and for no reason at all. Like my boys can be annoying and loud and crazy, but there's some friends and or people that they know that are just, they're just unkind no matter what they say or do. And we've tried to invite them to our house and go to their birthday parties. And it's just like, oh, it's still really hard. Yeah. And I, I, I was talking to my boys even this morning as we were eating breakfast and they're like, oh, this, this one person. And I'm like, it never brings you up to bring someone else down. And it was like an epiphany for me too. And I know like, it's not, that's not anything groundbreaking, you know, discovery, but it's so true that he's like, I'm like, what's your initial reaction? And he's like, punch him, you know, and I'm all (laughs) wrong. And I'm like, what, what else? Like it, it, would that make you feel better? Like maybe for a second, but then no, it, it, it only brings you down to bring someone else down. If you bring them up or you take the higher road, you will always feel better. It just is. You never, when you zing someone and you're unkind, even if you think they deserved it, it's never beneficial. So have you experienced with raising girls? I know it's so different than boys. I mean, I just remember being a girl growing up, the cattiness and the gossip and leaving people out and you're invited and you're not. How have you been able to help your girls through that of rising above? And especially with social media of, the comments even just, ew, look at your outfit and ew, look at this. And how do you teach your girls to rise above that and not bring people down or stoop to that level? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel fortunate that I've never had to deal with that behavior from my own kids as far as feeling like, as far as I know, right? Like they haven't been that mean maybe. And I think all of us do to some extent, like we can all get catty or mean at times and in friend groups. And that's so hard, but I think like you illustrated, it's like being that strong parent who can have those conversations and not get sucked into the drama. I think, and maybe this is where it's different with girls with boys, maybe not where it's easy to get sucked into the drama of it and just feel like I need to get involved. And how I've navigated it is I have good friends who are a little step ahead of me. They have older kids. And I'm like, okay, what did you do in this moment? Are you, when you've experienced this and kind of going back to that same question of, will this matter in five years or what will matter in five years helps because we can support our kids and feel like that is really hard. And I'm so sorry you're going through this but also know and believe in our own like whole soul that our kids are going to be okay. Like that is not a reflection on them. It has everything to do with that other person. And our kids are resilient. And if we believe they can handle it and can have that conversation without feeling so worried. So it's like this idea of they can worry and feel sad, but I don't have to worry and feel sad. So if I get in with them and I'm just like, you know, there's that validation and empathy, but then there's that, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I'm so sorry. And then if they feel like you're so worried, it adds to their worry. Whereas if you're like, this is normal, everyone's experienced this, or a lot of people have experienced this. And I feel like you gave really good advice to your kids about you know, what feels good. It might feel good to punch them in the moment. It might feel good to just react <laughs> to the moment or, you know, but 
yeah, it is, it's hard with, especially with social media, yeah. feeling left out, knowing what other kids are doing. And one of my daughters even said with Be Real, because that's a newer app that, yes. and I thought that was a pretty safe one. Yes. And we've still had, had things happen with it where I'm like, I would not have guessed that that would have happened. But she told me one time, I didn't even realize, but she's like, yeah, I just, I deleted Be Real. It was too stressful for me because I felt so much pressure to like post right away. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that's so amazing that you did that on your own. That is. And so I just, what I want always is like, I want my kids to be able to make those decisions on their own and not be the one to feel that anxiety of like, well, you have to get off of it. Or yeah. you have, you know, tell them what to do. I want them to figure out what to do. Yes. And it's just one of those things that there's just not a, a guidebook for. There's not like this happens. You have to do this. It's like trial and error all, all, all the time, every day. Yes, it's true. And there are some kids and relationships that just don't work out and they're just conflicting personalities, but you can still be kind. And then there's some, it's, it, my son had a friend who he struggled with for a few years at recess and they were kind of soccer rivals. They'd play soccer every recess and, but, and then kind of get into it after they went to the principal's office a few times and just from getting too intense and they'd both be crying and they'd call each other names. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this boy. And, and then come to find out like my son had been instigating things too. So I, I'm like, when do I reach out as a mom to her, to his mom? Like how, when do I get involved? And after about, you know, several months of this, I'm like, okay. He's like, we went to the principal's office again. I'm like, all right, time to call, time to call the mom. And I texted her and I'm like, Hey, and she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that this was happening like to this extent. Like he'd come home and be like, oh, at recess, it was kind of crazy and whatever. But she said, I didn't know it was affecting your son so much, or they were going to the office and talking about it because people would see them. That's my ball. That's my, you know, you're not on my team and not anything violent, but just a conflict. And, and it's so funny that they had an opening on their soccer team last year and And this boy that my son originally had had conflict with told his mom to his credit, he's like, Briggs is a really good soccer player. We should ask him to join our team. And this is something they were like rivals. And he's like, I think he would be really good. And I told my son, I'm like, Hey, do you? And he's like, who asked me? Like, I thought he hated me. They, he came home yesterday. They're on, they've now are on the same baseball and soccer team. And he came home yesterday and he said, it makes me emotional. He's like, Porter is one of my best friends. And he's like, I want to hang out with him more. I'm like, oh my gosh, this was a relationship that I thought this is going to be a struggle throughout elementary and maybe, and I, and I love his family. And, and, and I think what if, you know, I, I wish that this could work out and through just him reaching out to my son and offering this olive branch has changed everything. And they're friends now. I'm like, that says so much about him and about his mom that they're like, let's try to be friends instead of enemies. And it doesn't always work. We've had situations where it, it doesn't work and it's just still hard and awkward and we have to work through. But then there are some that you're like, we actually have a lot in common and can be friends. And that is a really awesome thing to see as a parent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I love that. It's like the credit goes to the boy. Yes. And he also reached out to the mom and she was receptive. Yes. That's huge. But, and also giving them space. Like you did all of those things. Yeah. You weren't like right there right away. Right. And, you know, and right. It's like, sometimes it works 
And that's amazing. And sometimes it doesn't, but knowing that however it works out, lessons can be learned and it will be okay. Your son will be okay. Right. Like he'll find his people and they'll find where they sit and just trusting in that and helping your child see that staying kind of in that space, even when they're really sad and upset. And I love that thought too, them finding their people because they're, I, all four of my boys are so different. I have quiet introverts. I have very extroverted extroverts. I have a son with ADHD and he's the life of the party and so fun, but they, they are like oil and water sometimes, like even in our own family. And I'm like, this is such a great learning ground for all of us to be with people that are not like us. And yet we're all siblings. We're going to be together forever. I just, we have a saying in our family, brothers before others. I'm like, I don't care if he's bugging you and he's annoying. You want to ditch him at school. Like he is your brother first. And so the last question I want to ask you, Kristen, kind of along with this about finding your people and people that will stand up for you and, and support you. What do you do if, I don't know if you have any children that are neurodiverse or have coached people with kids with anything from ADHD to learning disabilities, dyslexia, autism, anything. How do we stand up and support our kids when maybe other parents are, are unkind or judging or, or saying things? It's sometimes hard at, you know, family dinner, award parties or activities. And parents will look at me like, wow, he's got a lot of energy today. Or, hey, did he take his meds? And I didn't know I get emotional about this. It's, it's been hard. It's hard because I love them. And and we make fun of it too. You know, like, ah, you're going crazy. Go outside or, hey, calm down. But it's hard when you see that they notice and they hear those things and it affects them. And so how can we love and support other parents and, and other children and also stand up for our kids. Cause the tendency is to be like, I know, can you believe that? Like, wow, yeah. we're, they're crazy. We're, and, and I've seen that hurt on my son's face when I kind of, you know, take that side instead of his side. So how can we stand up and advocate for our kids with other parents around making comments about them? Yeah. They're that's not that's a good question. And I was just listening to something talking about that, where if you do have a child that struggles in some way and you want to just have their back always. So even if it's at a family get together and you hear a comment that kind of is a dig or a criticism or, or a judgment, I think it's like a judgment, like they're judging you as a mom or judging your child. Yes. And that is something that I have coached a lot of, of women on because we do feel that judgment so harshly, like it reflects on us. And then we want to get really upset about it or, well, and I've done it too. Yeah. I've looked at nieces yes. and nephews and been like, oh my gosh, control, you know, yeah. I have done it too. Yeah. And, and to just, I think a lot of thought work goes involved in that and no, and anticipating it. Like when you know what you're getting into and what things may be said. So just kind of be prepared and then have it, have something that you're willing to say that you've prepared ahead of time. So you just know what to do in the moment. So you don't kind of like freeze or like, what do I do? Because I do think it affects our kids so much and they will feel so much more confident when they know that other people's comments won't affect us about them. Right. Cause we know how amazing our kids are. We're confident in them and we're confident enough to not let other people affect us. And that takes time and practice, especially if you're not, cause I've been in that place where it's like everything affects us. And now I'm like, I love my kids and I think they're all on their own journey. So my expectations of them isn't to be perfect so that other people think we're perfect. 
Yes. If people don't, if people judge us, I just let them judge. And so yeah, give me me an, I I love that advice so much. And, and give me maybe an example of what you would say if, you know, someone made a comment about, wow, they're kind of crazy or wow. Did you guys not get enough sleep last night? Or, Hey, or even parenting, like, Hey, you need to be more quiet or you need, you know, in front of you, or you need to do this or something. What would be an example yeah. of something you could say that, that wasn't unkind to them, but also, Hey, I'm uh, knowing your child knows, Oh, my mom's going to have my back and stand up for me. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something, how it's kind of what it's looked like for me is, especially as I'm learning these parenting strategies and getting a little, it almost looks like you're really lenient and you don't have that control. And sometimes you feel like you should have that control. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, go handle your child or get mad at them or punish yes, them. Yes. Right. want you to punish and you don't punish. I'm like, they're just being a typical teenager that it's okay. They don't have to be perfect. But what would I say in the moment? Sometimes I don't say anything because it's not almost worth saying anything to. Maybe you just get up and leave or, or say, you know, why do you think that? You know, it's kind of just putting it back on them and not getting defensive. Like, I don't feel like I need to defend myself or my kids. So what would that sound like? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't know. Sometimes it would just be not saying anything. And in my mind going, you know, bless their heart that they don't understand. They don't know. Yeah. They They don't understand. They haven't been here. Or maybe, maybe even like winking at your kid or something like, Hey, don't let that bother you. Like if they hear that comment yes, and having that conversation, that's a good point. Like sometimes in the moment you can't, but after you go home and you're like, that was a little bit rude of, you know, did you hear what they said? That was a little bit rude. I'm sorry. They said that. And some people don't just understand. So I'm glad we get it and people won't get it. And that's okay. You know, we can love them too. Yes. And, and just understand, like, just be okay with them not understanding. Yes. Give them and grace. But, yes. Because we're yeah. all, we all have challenges and our kids are all so different and we're all doing the best. And, and for sure, I've looked at other moms and, and friends and family and been like, oh, I would never let my kid, you know, it's so funny. Like you can never say that because then it's heavenly father's like, oh really? Let me give you one. Just like, yes. yes. And I think when we're on the other side of it, we know we used to be that way. I said things that I clearly was naive to, and now I know better. So that helps me to just have more compassion for people who don't understand yet. They don't have teenagers yet, or they don't have a teenager with this issue that experienced this. And we're all so different. And then that awareness is so amazing for me that I can just, it helps you love people more Yeah, than, than when you're just in that box of everyone should do this and be just like this. And the way I do it works for me. So it should work for everyone. Like, for sure. It's not right. And so I know that. So it helps me give compassion to those who don't know that because it's harder to live that way. I, I know. Yes. Well, I, I meant to say though, if, if it's something hurtful or, you know, really rude to, that's an absolute, like, you can just say that that's actually really hurtful or that's rude. Why? You know, I don't appreciate that. I think that's a, a full sentence you could absolutely say. Okay. And that, ooh, and that's, I don't know why sometimes that's, that's hard to think like, oh, but then I don't want them to think I'm mad at them, but no, I want my kids to know I always have their backs and I'm always supportive. And, it, and then it's the balancing act too of if my kid's being rude and disrespectful, like 
that's not okay either. And I don't want to yeah. always be bailing them out and like, they do nothing wrong. So I'm not talking about that at all here. People listening like, oh, well, you just always, no matter what, your kids are always perfect and whatever. And, and Or you'll always stand up for them even if they're in the wrong. That's not. Mine is more standing up for your children if if there's a, other people, adults or kids saying unkind things or judging them or making them feel bad yeah. or less than for behavior. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, maybe they don't know. And so that could be a conversation you have ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is what I'm dealing with and this is what I'm going through. Yes. And so if you could be a little sensitive to that and because words have an impact, they it's do. really important and yes. kind of have a dialogue there. So it's not in the moment when everyone's around. I love that. So Kristen, in wrapping up, where can people go to hear more parenting advice from you, possibly get life coaching support? Tell us again, the name of your podcast, your Instagram account, all that stuff. Sure. Thanks. Parenting in the Middle podcast is where you can find me. My website is Kristen Goodman Coaching and I'm on Instagram. I'm pretty active on Instagram and that's at Kristen Goodman Coaching as well. So any of those avenues, you can find ways to reach out to me, send me a message on Instagram. I offer free parenting calls, like an initial parenting introductory call where we can just kind of, sometimes all parents need is just a listening ear to talk things out and get them on the right path. And so that's been really fun to offer to parents. And then I do, I do packages like six call packages, 12 call packages. And that's really helpful for moms to, it's just hard and it's hard either way, which is how I coach a lot because you could do all the right things. It's still hard. Yeah. And you know, you're going to mess up and fail. And that was something we talked about where it's okay to repair and, and apologize when you need to, and nothing has gone wrong then. And so just kind of knowing and having that kind of sounding board is so helpful to moms because it's, it's just hard to be a parent, especially as our kids get older and we have to let go of some of that control. Yes. Well, and just like, we're all in it together. Like it's, no one has the solution. No one has the, I mean, I, I would say, well, actually heavenly father is, is the solution and Jesus yeah, Christ. Perfect example for sure. The perfect example. And so there is a solution for your family and your children, and it's not going to be perfect, but you can, you can learn the tools and have the resources available, seek them out. So you can be the best parent for your kids, but you just shout out to all the mamas and dads out there that care enough to seek something like this out. That, that just shows that you already are doing such an amazing job. The fact that you care and you're listening and you're wanting to improve shows that you are a good mom or dad and it's not for the faint of heart. It's so, I'm so grateful for people like you, Kristen, that are out there doing good, teaching us, helping us, giving us resources on how to be better parents and raise amazing kids. So thank you so much for talking with me today and for all the good you are doing. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. So good to talk to you, Carmen. I am Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy truly all in one little app 
And you can use promo code doing good, all one word at checkout, and you get a full month free. So check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com. See you soon.